0: And we're back! Welcome to the Prodigals Podcast, where we discuss all kinds of topics relating to faith and
1: culture. We discuss topics not normally preached on the pulpit or talked about during Bible studies. That is why we are here for you. It is our hope
2: and our goal that through these discussions, people will be inspired to talk about issues that Christians go through in their daily walk with God. So without further ado, let's get to our discussion. So, it's me, Billy, and Alan, hello. with a special guest, Alan Jr. Hello, hello. everybody. Or as
0: I like to call him, firstborn. Firstborn? I am firstborn. firstborn,
2: yes. Hello. Alan's firstborn. And Ted the Turtle, our producer. Yes. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> producer. Making his second he's, appearance. That's third a...
0: appearance. Because, yeah. He's yeah. curating. He's curating. <laughs> he's, cur-
2: he's curating. Um, oh, by the way. If you didn't know, I got a turtle last March. So, so if you're wondering who Ted is, <laughs> oh, yeah, wondering who Ted is, he's my pet. I just, you know, I got bored during the pandemic, and I just wanted to take care of something. So, got a turtle. I didn't want to get a dog or a cat or anything like that. Didn't want to have mm. people allergic to my house. Amen. So, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, no cats. Only no cats, no dogs. Please just only. I'm okay only with turtles. Hugs. just not cats. I'm allergic to cats. Awesome. Right. All right, so this episode will be focused on a, a research that's that was released by the Barna Group, which is a most prominent research group uh, that exists out there that studies Christianity and the church and all that. And they put out a study that. Only 10% of 20-something Christians have resilient faith. And so we have... Um, I'm too old to be a 20-something. So we've invited Twenty-somethings and Billy to be our 20-something representatives. <laughs> yes. um, and pretty much what the study says is that only 10% of 20-something Christians have resilient faith what does that even mean you know what What does does resilient faith mean um what what stands out to us and we just we'll discuss how we can build resilient faith so this will be our table talks episode table talks all right so before we get started let's just give an overview of what the research has found because the barna group has been talking and researching um, young youth and young adults for about 10 years now mm-hmm. um, or even more than 10 years and through their conversations these are the data that they found um, so when it comes to resilient faith they have divided groups into four sections um, the first one would be—it's <laughs> kind of funny. Are you guys ready for it? Um, sure ready. So they've titled—they've—they've they've given name to—they've given names to each of these groups, and the first one, funny enough, are called the prodigals. <laughs> huh? Well Huh? Like so, that. yeah. Pro- <laughs> <This is cool. laughs> what does that? Like, a- <laughs> so the prodigals pretty much mean they're ex Christians and they don't identify as Christians, mm. and um, although they, they grew up in the church or attended a mass or was was part of a Protestant church as a child or a teen, they um, having they haven't gone to church or identified as Christians mm. for a long while, um, but they were Christians at one time. And then the second one, so they're, they're 20%, 22% of the people that they've studied uh they've found to be ex-christians or the prodigals um we are not (laughs) (laughs) ex-christians just to clarify clarify, we we came up with our name without this study in mind so it was always with the intention of us having gone back to God, like the prodigal son. Yeah,
0: and so little tongue in cheek. So why they call
2: prodigals then? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, maybe this whole day
1: will come back. Yeah, yeah.
2: I guess that that's their hope. Oh, that's cute. in the in the okay, study mind. that maybe go. one day well, okay, that yeah, they'll yeah, come back. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, I like that. The second group, which are the nomads, which consists of thirty percent, um, they're also called lapsed Christians. Lapsed. Um,
0: yeah. Lapsed.
2: Which was a. Okay pretty intense name back in the day um so lapsed christians they identify themselves as christians but they haven't attended church for quite a while now or even the past month and um, a vast majority of them are not involved in any church whatsoever nomads The third group would be habitual. They're called habitual churchgoers, and they are found to be 38% of the people they have studied. And pretty much what habitual churchgoers mean is that they describe themselves as Christians and they occasionally or occasionally uh, regularly attend church um, but do not have fundamental, foundational core beliefs. Or behaviors associated with being an intentional engaged disciple hmm. then the last group would be called resilient disciples they identify as Christians and attend church at least monthly and engage with the church more than just attending worship services they trust in the Bible and its authority and are committed to uh, personal relationship with God and Jesus um, and Affirm that he was crucified and was raised from the dead uh, to conquer sin and death and fourth, ex- they expressed desire to transform the broader society as an outcome of their faith wow, um,
0: beautiful
2: so nice. those are That's the so those are the four people have studied and basically so according to the data that they have shown their conclusion is that only 10% of these 20-something people that they have studied have resilient faith.
1: Interesting.
2: What do you guys think? What stood out to you from the data that was presented?
0: Um, At first impressions, I think that even though, you know, it sounded about right in terms of uh, uh, the church, our church having you know, issues with the retention of young, uh, young adults and youth, uh, 10% did seem a little bit shocking to
2: me. 10%, right?
0: 10% is a little bit... Well, I mean, it and it might have been just, you know, the 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 methodology or like the group that was... That was, that was studied, right? That was studied. They might have just inadvertently stumped onto like a I'm valley of them. People? Yeah, some kind of valley there, in, but even still that's that seems unlikely given the amount of participants and that's over like
3: fifteen hundred right um, uh yes I think it said one thousand five hundred and fourteen something like that so uh, it was yeah, it's that a good is exactly number right <laughs> oh
0: <laughs> so it is a good number for this type of you know a um survey, but ten percent was yeah it took me a you know Kind of, I I was taken aback a bit from that.
1: I mean, when we were talking through the stats, I'm like, well, when you first hear it firsthand, like, ten percent of what was it? Ten percent of young people, twenty something. Wow, twenty something. That's what it says. Twenty somethings. (laughs) Ten percent of Christians, twenty something. Ten Brazilian faith. Um, I mean, when we were talking, talking it through, all the different quote-unquote types of people within each set of group i was like i mean in my head it just sounded right as in the 10 percent amount of people wow okay it sounded right in my head because okay i don't know if this is like a hot take or anything like that but the people outside of the 10 percent of the resilient faith people in my head, I'm like, I would even question: Are they even Christian in the first place? Hmm. Okay. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. <laughs> <laughs> I know I don't want it to be a hot take, and 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 that it's take a right Tuesdays. Hot take Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be right in the sense that like that's just how, well, those are the facts, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. It just. It, I guess from my experience of my friends and with the going to church and things like that, it just sounds right to just based off of like trying to, I'm trying to visualize people I grew up with the church and thinking about people who, I guess, quote unquote, based off the study who have quote unquote resilient faith, it feels like probably 10% of them, like, and it's just, that's just the fact that's how it is. Mm. Like, I don't know, I guess people would also claim themselves, you know, people who grew up in church or church, again, church, like, I guess, is Nomad or. What are we called? Habitual, habitual, habitual. habitual. church goers. I think. I think a lot of. I feel like the even though the this that, that was the habitual question. with the second biggest group, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I think yeah. so. Yeah. So I think they are thirty-eight percent. Thirty-eight percent. I feel like that's I. To, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I see that. Because I, I feel like the people who attend church every week. That's pro. I would like to say that's maybe like. I'll be gracious. Seventy percent of the people of who go to church are probably habitual Christians. Okay. Yeah. Is that a hot take? I I, I don't
2: know. I don't know. I see. I, don't know. Yeah. I see where you're going. It's just like although the ten percent might seem that it's it's shocking, yeah. But I see that you know it, I mean this is research, so yeah. Might um, not be as shocking because it might be shocking to us because we sometimes we see that whoever is going to church is have resilient faith yeah. or whoever attends church regularly. Oh, yeah, they're saved or they're Christians or oh they love God. Yeah, yeah, they're passionate about the relationship with God. But it's really when we kind of forget that it's deeper than that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there might be more people. Let's add 40, 38% of the habitual Christians yeah. Christians, and then the 10%, right? Um, that's 48%. That's we half. Have. half, well, have. Um, Which kind of is on par with the data that's out there. Sure. But um, really, it's only a fraction of the people that are going to to church regularly that um, who can say that their relationship with God is passionate or intense or deep Mm. and uh, intimate. So yeah. yeah. AJ,
1: what do you think? We're 20 something year olds.
3: That's true. Do you echo Uh, my fact? Yeah. Does it,
0: or
1: does 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 this ring true to you?
3: It, I would say, I'd say it, it seems pretty true. Like when you said it, if it was a hot take, I don't think it was a hot take, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Like in my my own vision and perspective of the people I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I, I think I would agree that it's...
1: It's about 10%. Uh, maybe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, And and like the thing is, like I don't want that to be the truth. It kind of makes me sad that the fact that like we see this study, we are shocked by it, like 10%. But when we, I guess, like, from our perspective, in our, in our qualitative, was it qualitative? Yeah, qualitative yes. uh, information and uh, collection we have, and, like, just by, like, looking at our, our friend group or, you know, we grew up in church and whatnot, like, I think, yeah, like, 10% makes a lot of sense. As in? Unfortunately. Pre, un- unfortunately. Unfortunately, 10% makes a lot of sense in, when I see this study. So, yes, it's shocking as, like, a, as a shocking as like a title but when you really think about it and i guess like thinking about it or right, my well for my personal experience and i guess you can echo it too mm-hmm. like 10 percent just sounds about right
3: yeah i think my my response when i first saw the title and kind of read through a little bit and skimmed through it i was like huh that makes sense right yeah
1: sadly sadly i keep on echoing sadly because like i don't want I, i'm <laughs> so sad that, that that's the fact Right. Or, or these like these are the numbers that they're coming up with I'm like, yeah, that's probably about right
0: And yet we're still living through this I mean we, we've we've known for a while as I was saying we've known for a while that you know in North America the, the Christian Church has struggled with um, I don't want to say appealing you know as a as a lifestyle but that's kind of like what it is right you know when it comes to youth and young adults, the Christian lifestyle, has competing, you know, sort of um, alternate lifestyles that are out there that you know might find they might find you know more desirable for them, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And I was saying this to AJ, or Alan, uh, previously, is that twenty the the demographic that's here, the twenty something, that's not an insignificant demographic. Mm-hmm you know you have you know you have your teens that are that are that are coming up they're the you know quote unquote weight of of the future whatever you have your your 30 30s, 30s your 40s that that are the strong sort of like you know organizational leaders you have the sure. 50 yeah, 60s yeah, yeah, that yeah, right. offer sort of like the wisdom you know guidance sort of yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. at least you know you would you would hope that it would be that way but then the 20 somethings in in my mind uh Gives sort of like the creative push, like the impetus of like going and exploring and and seeing different, you know, angles of the Bible that, you know, and and of Christian life. And so, you know, I want to say that that 20 somethings uh, tend to spur, you know, more creative, more. You know, exploratory sort of like ways to to interact with God and and to to explore sure. their Christian lifestyle. Yeah. So it's not an ins, you know an insignificant uh, demographic here. It's a really important uh, demographic when you consider that when they turn thirty and forty, they will be the leaders. You know, uh, mm-hmm. of that of of the church, right? Mm. And so, you know, I, I mean, obviously, we want to say that um, that teenagers and. Uh, and that demographic has has a say and has uh, input, and and um, you know they have they have power to push things along. But when we're talking about really, you know, uh, taking it to 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 the places that 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 are are more or different, creative, like you know, in the pandemic. Sometimes, yeah, maybe we're all you know, maybe the church was was forced to go into you know, creative means by going through Zoom and, and whatever, because, you know, not everybody, not, not all age groups are like that. Mm-hmm. But I want to say that uh, that the churches that do so, even if it's spurred on by sort of older demographics, that if they had 20-somethings there, it would have been easier for them to, like, go through because, we hey, we've got these 20-somethings that can help us navigate – you know yeah so there was like a there was like a safety net because of like the, tw- the 20s 20 somethings that were there that's i would true. say yeah. uh, I, can, I can imagine that that way i don't i can't say for sure certain but mm. you know i want to i want to harbor a guess that that's probably you know more often than not the sort of the higher not the hierarchy but the way things work in a any given church
1: uh, right, I, agree with right. I have a question, like applying this like say like you like mark and alan like if you were to apply this to like your age group if you were back in your 20 something year olds back in your 20 something year old <laughs> age like do you think this 10 percent would apply to your group of friends right now um or in the past uh, yeah mean, in the yeah, passing in the past yeah in the past absolutely and
0: i don't know why i was you know i don't know why i'm shocked by the 10 um maybe it's just because it seems so formal yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, there it's yeah, 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 It's there, it's... it's You're putting it, a number on it. Like yeah. a definitive, like, number. Exactly, yeah. It's like, it's, it's sort of like a defining, definitive... Picture. ...thing that's there. Yeah. It's, it, it, um... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's... Like, it's official. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. you okay. know, that, that... What I've been experiencing, what I've seen, you know, throughout my experience, you know, where we'd have, what, a youth group of, what, 40? And maybe two or three... Mm-hmm are left yeah. in the church. Yeah, yeah, right? seriously. Right? When they get to, you know, college, university age. hmm Right? So, I guess in that regard, yeah, it shouldn't have been shocking. But yet, you know... It's shocking.
1: It's shocking. It's shocking. <laughs> shocking. I, I guess it's shocking because like, it's just the fact that, like, it's a reflection on, I guess, the church in itself. And what are we doing with, like, these 20-something-year-olds? Or what is, like... Yeah, what's preventing what's preventing more of these twenty something year olds who are going to church from having resilient faith?
3: Hmm.
0: I mean, if we, <laughs> I, I, There's probably I, a lot of things. Th- but like, well, can, I, we yeah, some, can we put some? Can we put some like
1: names or put some things out something there? Something out there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, there, I'm pretty sure there's multiple things.
0: What were you gonna say? No, I was gonna say we've had this problem for a long time. Exactly, it's a long youth or young adults. This is, and it, honestly, this is this is the path of every Christian you know at, at some point and and we we're talking one of the things we we're talking about is that you know you have these habitual churchgoers if you are brought in a, brought up in the church as a child as a teen more more likely than not you know you're a cultural Christian. You're for there sure. because mm-hmm. your parents are there. You're there if you're lucky you're there because, you know, your friends are there. And of so course. you yeah, know yeah. you're there. But at some point you have to decide for yourself what you are personally going to do with Jesus. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right? And I feel that, you know, when you get to when you get to upper high school, when you get to college university, there's more opportunity for competing viewpoints, right? Whether it's from your professors or whether whether it's from like other classmates or people from work that aren't from a Christian background to have their own sort of uh, world viewpoints, you know, engage with yours. And now we, we had to talk, we talked about in one podcast about deconstructing your faith. Mm-hmm. And when we were talking this morning and point of the firstborn when we were talking this morning that's basically what you were talking about how people would you know uh young adults uh 20 somethings would get would would now be challenged with some of these you know these viewpoints and then they decide well does my does my principle on this you know work does it does it make sense? Do I see that in reality working and, and and being a benefit to myself or other people? Sure. Is it something that's worth holding on to? And this is where, you know, it's sort of like where the rubber meets the road, where now your faith has come into, like, reality. And yeah. you need to be able to accept that as part of your own, you discard it, or you double down on it. Yeah, it's right. true. Right, and I think that's that's where we, you know, that's where we we, you know, we we come to this this situation where only ten percent have a resilient faith, right? Uh, and then there's a larger number that's habitual because I think for for a lot of this, and that goes to your point, that Christians in the church they're not always like fully into that. They're yeah. not fully. They don't have the in. resilient
2: faith. No. Right. Going back to your hot take. <laughs> right, and so in
0: my mind, they're I, I call you know, I would say they're cultural Christians, they're there because that's what they know, that's what they've accepted it as their identity, not necessarily because of Jesus, but because that's what they're comfortable with, that's where their friends are, that's where you know their circles of influence and circles of support are.
1: Mm. Yeah, it just makes sense, it's just like community, just in general, right? Yeah, right with any community, like, um, it's, it's like. Uh, Just as an example, like when I see people who, um, like young adults who lead the church, like so often I find them finding community in different places. And of course they're going to stick with that community because that's where, again, you're saying before, that's where they get their support, friendship, Mm -hmm. and I just like camaraderie just within, I guess like centralizing on something, right? And I guess as a church community, we are just not providing that for these young people or these 27 year olds.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, and and they get to the point where their faith is tested. That's just it. Like all the For things sure. that they've learned in Sunday school, all the things they've learned in Sabbath school, you know, do they do they hold water? Do they, you know, stand up to the test? Hmm. Uh and you know, when we take a biblical approach to it, the scriptural approach to it, you know, the the two sort of passages that that I that I think of automatically is um you know the foolish man, wise man, building on the house of uh, their house on the rock or the sand. When the winds blow, will their faith stand?
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Uh, and the other one is the parable of the soils, where they listen to the word, whether it's a short period of time or over a long period of time, where they've grown up in the church and they've listened to sermons and VBSs and all that good stuff. You know, which soil? does the word of God fall upon in their heart? Is it, you know, off to the side where, you know, Satan can, I mean, Satan can come and steal it, you know, doesn't, doesn't take root in hard, hard ground Mm -hmm. because your heart doesn't want to, whatever. Uh, And I think for a lot of us, uh, the third ground applies a lot, especially here in North America where we're just bombarded with. Things to do and bills to pay. And so, you know, our faith gets tested and squeezed out because we put on the same plane of priority surviving in our society. Right. On a financial, on a social, uh, on, you know, level. And so that all gets, you know, that all gets choked out. And then what's left is you've got resilient faith, Mm 20-somethings that... You know, lands on the good soil, the word lands on the good soil, and then you you know twenty thirty fifty a hundred fold whatever the the thing is we're, you know hmm. where they're blessing others and sure yeah
1: yeah, 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 all right, so where we plant that good soil? <laughs> you guys got some of that good soil, <laughs> got good 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 soil. Good soil?
2: <laughs> um, I guess the question now would be. How do we even begin to build resilient faith within ourselves and others? Right, because we can we can just say fifty like percent of people stay in church, and sure. you know, even through converts, whether it's young or old, that's about the same thing where. I think in church at least the study within you know our church is that two like with if you bring two converts or at least five two of five converts are the only ones that would stay or is it two or five or f- three or five is I don't it, know is this another it's study or half. is another It's another study where um, the convert only, give or or take half, right? Mm -hmm. Half of the converts would stay and half would leave. Um, So it doesn't really matter whether we're talking about young people who grew up in the church or new converts. Mm -hmm. Really, when it comes to staying in the church, only roughly half stay. Uh Um, So how do we even begin... You know, to build that resilient faith. And and this is important to me too, because there are people in my life that I feel that you know are I guess like under my guidance and I it's always been so hard to just, you know, in imprint in them you know, the importance of having like that deep intimacy with God mm-hmm. right um, so yeah the question would be how do we begin to do that like build resilient faith um, let's say within those 38 f- forget the 10% they have resilient faith already no, they're good they're good <laughs> they're good that's they're good. the choir that you preach yeah they're the people that are doing the work they're the, the people listening to this podcast probably maybe <laughs> Um, but like the 38% or even the nomads, mm-hmm. um, and then the prodigals, we can, you know, let's think about that later because, you know, that's evangelism or trying mm-hmm. to get them back. Mm-hmm. But within the 38 or within the nomads, the 38%, which are the habitual churchgoers or the nomads, which are 30%, mm-hmm. how do we even get them? them or nudge them towards having resilient faith?
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. I can't say this for myself, but I've heard from just listening to other things and other podcasts and I guess other people. Most of the time, I just feel like most of the time these I think the things that are stopping these people from having resilient faith, or maybe I'm talking about more about prodigal people, prodigals. But I think most of the time it's about like, what are the examples of people older than you or more experienced, quote unquote, more experienced Christians are you? What are they presenting to these 20 something year olds? What are they, what examples are they setting for them as what it means to be a Christian? Right? Because like, I don't want to say it's generational, but for sure, if you are a twenty-something year old and your parents are like they have been habitual Christians growing up, in my head of and in my head of course they're gonna your children are either gonna grow up as nomads or prodigals or as habitual Christians because they don't know what it looks like. Yeah, to have. To what real Christianity looks like, what it mm. looks like to have resilient faith. More often than more than, often right? than not, right? Because I was gonna be like, oh well, yeah, like I was gonna say, like oh, I feel like pastor kids are sometimes an exception because sometimes they're just like <laughs> they fifty fifty. It's fifty <laughs> fifty,
0: maybe, maybe I don't know. Is, uh, I don't. Know, but I feel like a weird dynamic.
2: There, but I just feel like that.
1: habitual Christianity will create more habitual Christianity, which will create more habitual Christianity, and I think that's where to break the chain is like what are we doing in terms of discipleship? What are we doing in terms of intentionality? What are we doing in terms of examples? What are we doing in challenging people's faith of uh, these um, habitual Christians or these nomad people? Because I think those are the things that people lack within those that habitual Christianity group. Because I know for a fact, not a no, I don't know for a fact, I know for myself that I like for Mark and Alan like you guys are, they, for, they, for people who are listening like these guys were my youth leaders and they were an example of what it looked like to be a like uh, not a habitual Christian or uh, Christians with resilient faith we're only habitual Christians <laughs> we're, sorry. We're, sorry guys we're, we're cultural Christians we're gonna change the podcast to the habitual Christian podcast <laughs> um, <The> habitual. <laughs> oh <no. laughs> but again like I think examples as to show what it means to be a follower of, what it means to be a follower of Christ not just and 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 you guys were very challenging in my faith too because like I came to a point in my life I'm like oh like how come you guys are not weird I'm like why are you are we weird no. not weird like <laughs> like weird. things cuz <laughs> like cuz like oh, you know, cuz as Christians like right? we're so oh, counter honest. like as as followers of Christ we should be like pretty countercultural to the way the world works right mm-hmm. like as like Oh, what was it there was I was talking to someone and um, they're supposed to go. So this person lives in Hamilton. They needed a ride to a Frisbee game. So the these pe- two people are on the same team. One person's in Hamilton. They need a they need a ride. And then the person who's driving asks the other person, in Hamilton, oh, can you can you just bus to where I am? And then we'll go together to the to the game. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why don't we just pick them up? And I'm like, oh, like, yeah, because like people, people don't go out of their way to sacrifice themselves to just go out of the way to pick people up. Right. Like Alan, when we had to go to church for something for like a youth group or, or like a Friday night something like you'd go out of your way. I, where were you coming from? Like from King City Or from I was
0: coming from Oshawa
1: See so he's coming from Oshawa for, Okay we're in Canada We're in Ontario Oshawa is like the most East ever in the world <laughs> And Brampton is the most wow. West place you can go In the world And he goes all the way West to come pick me up Just to go to church In the middle Because I had no ride Well I could have bus, But like It's more than an hour Yeah exactly So. each
2: other <laughs> which is like ends the, of the world it was really plus bad traffic
1: we used the 407 we used the 407 that's too. Dude, that was so, that's up. so like much that's so messy that's so much I
0: was it so, i was so mad that you had to take the that we had to take the 407 and still there was traffic on there
2: there was traffic okay the 407 is uh, toll toll route, which is the most expensive highly. toll route in the world, <laughs> um, which only a few people take within Toronto or within the Greater Toronto Area because it's really expensive to, <laughs> to go on. Yeah. Um. So there's hardly any traffic there, but then when you guys took it, there's traffic. There was, it was traffic.
0: What? It was the
1: most I've never activity. seen any traffic. So, so this is just all in of- all to say. Yeah. <laughs> I am being shown what the love of Christ is. Going all the way, taking the four oh seven, <laughs> spending hours just to drive me to go to church. And it's like it's like those uh, cumulative things that like the, the the small things of unconditional love that um, I got to experience from you guys older than me and other people who are like like people who have a resilient faith for Christ and again, being able to experience that. And I think that's what makes um, what it means to be a Christian, to be a follower of Christ. It makes it m- It it brings it to reality, and we you actually get experiences. You actually get experience, like what it means to be loved by God unconditionally. Versus an habitual Christian, you're going to church. Like, of course, your idea of Christianity is oh, being a Christian just means going to church, listening to sermons, try to be a good person, and that's it. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy.
0: Yeah, the formula. The formula. formula. Just just
1: do the formula. It makes so much sense. Like, and that's yeah, and that's what I think. Like habitual Christians need, like you need to get shook it up by some resilient. Faith people and be sh- and be discipled and be shown and be in- and uh be intentional with them to be shown what it means to be um unconditionally loved by Christ, hmm. right? Um, showing Jesus what who Jesus is in their life, like in reality, and also good theology, I guess, too. That's important.
4: By the way, by the,
1: by the way, theology. okay, good theology is being just like the gospel, okay, like that's, like, that's <laughs> the theology that that people need because also again habitual Christianity like I feel like if I were to go up to one of my uh, to a habitual Christian like to ask him what the gospel is why are they Christian who is Jesus like what does Jesus mean for everything uh, within the grand scheme of being a Christian like Jesus died for me for my sins um, and then I would ask him I would like to ask them what does that mean to you and then what would they say
2: yeah and it's a good thing that you mentioned that because one of the um, one of the founding I guess one of the aspects that are found in resilient disciples are is that they affirm the the death and, and resurrection, resurrection of Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ to conquer yeah. sin and death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, you were onto something when you said good theology. <laughs> good theology, man. I mean, it's always we can take theology as, you know, the teaching, like the saying that you need to do your devotional everyday That's not
1: theology.
2: In order to... (laughs) (laughs) It is theology. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're you're
0: right. You are right right, in the sense that we do need good theology. Um, I feel, if anything, you know, uh, when you're growing up, you need to make things make sense.
1: Sure. No, no, for sure. And good
0: theology will help make sense of why God did what he did, why Jesus did what he did, why certain aspects and, and principles and values in the Bible are important, especially as like, you know, um, how they, how they interact with certain, you know, life situations, sure. right? So good theology is there. It's, it's important because if anything it needs to make sense, because if it doesn't make sense, I, I feel it's that, that a lot of people, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's heretic, right? I feel that that's where, you know, a lot of our young people, you know, uh, are easily swayed out of, especially if they go to university and and uh, upper educational uh, you know institutions, and their faith gets challenged, and they don't know how to answer because certain things that they were only taught were in, maybe only in bits, and they were able to put it in bits and pieces, and it doesn't form a complete picture of what Jesus is like, and what reality is like in in under heaven, and they can't they can't reconcile. They can't reconcile certain things, and so the confusion that's there because I don't, I can't, I can't explain everything. I don't even understand it. I've only done it because everybody else in my life has done it, that has gone to church. Maybe it's not for me, and that whole deconstructing of faith can, you know, ensues, uh, in, in and they'll get rid of things that don't make sense. So absolutely, yeah. theology matters, especially if it's done in such a way that things make sense. Because mm-hmm. if they don't, like, I, I feel that, you know, that's where a lot of, that's where a lot of our our, our young people, you know, um, start down the road of going away.
2: Mm. Yeah, and I, I just had a conversation. I I went out with my friends who grew up in the church and who, who I grew up with in the church and their main gripe with their parents and the way that they brought up is not that they made, is not the way that they taught them, but it's just that they taught them without telling them why or making them understand. So it's like, Oh, you need to go to church, but why? why Or you need to not play basketball on, on Saturday or, or whatever. (laughs) But they, they were never taught why, or it just didn't make sense to them. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's a big gripe that they have with their upbringing. Right, so maybe
1: it's just is that a generational thing? No, maybe? that's
0: been there. Well, I mean, like if well, generational like, by the time, if you mean by, you know, uh, children getting out from under like absolute control of their parents.
1: No, no, like, like generational in the sense that like um, the parents of like, like of you, uh, like I guess Mark, like the way thirty something, thirty something, like my parents, twenty something, like when when they grew up, it was like, oh, maybe just fil- maybe it's even like Filipino culture, like just listen to your parents. They they got that no they that was their yeah. culture growing up yeah. so right, therefore right, right. based on what they know how to raise children it's just like this just listen to me let me tell you and that's it whereas mm. I think like now like I think like for us like us young people right yeah <laughs> us young us people us young people us young people yeah yeah you're I confirm that statement no seriously it's it, it we get to we get to see that like as like I said. in parents as leaders as like more quote-unquote experienced christians we now know that again like marco you were saying with your friends like we they people aren't taught to critically think with their faith right Mm. they're not able to interact with the faith that they're given or that they've learned about it's just head knowledge right yeah
2: and i think your question of is it generational i think yes it's part generational and it's but also with us when it comes to our culture it's also part um cultural because you see the parents came from the philippines but then the kids grew up in canada so it's it's just like really really different and like what but you'd see that a lot of our age group who have parents in the philippines who are still in the Philippines, would still have that culture of just accepting what the Authority past generations yeah. have mm-hmm. um, have taught them, sure. which is not bad in its own thing. It's just different. It's different. Right? It's. I guess we're a lot more rebellious. <laughs> I don't want to say rebellious, but it's just like we put importance in making it sense for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's true. I I I wouldn't say rebellious because we're going against, you know, whatever it is, but for for us that were, you know, immigrants, you know, um and we've said this before, you have three competing cultures. You have the North American culture that we that we're trying to integrate in. We have the old culture old culture of what we came from and that our parents are still you know, that's, that's the way they learn how to do things, how to navigate their reality. And then you have the kingdom culture. Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to... And, and for somebody that's growing up into that, which rules to follow? What rules apply when? Why is it this way when these two these two um, cultures clash in terms of their ideology? Why do I have to... Why, why are you as the parent picking one over the other in different times? Like the... <laughs> the, the lack of, of consistency maybe uh-huh. on on some of the things that they've been telling and the rules that were there. Maybe that's confusing. And when you get to that age where you can start taking control of your own life to make your own rules because you're not, you know, maybe you're not living under the roof because you're going off to college and university, hmm. Right. Now you, now you can start to decide. Well, what fits and what doesn't, and that's what I was saying. Is that everybody has to come to that point, you know, whether you're Christian or not. You know, everybody does that, at least in the North American sense, right? Mm-hmm. You start have to take control of your own destiny, quote unquote, uh, and that's where things start to, you know, be more, be more personal in how you construct your own identity, like how you are going to live your life. That's where, you know, a lot, that's where it starts to solidify. And I find that that's where, you know, that's, that's the proving ground, the training ground, the, the, the battles that are won and lost, a lot of that is is there. Not to say that that's where the fight begins. If I were to say where that fight begins, it's at home. And you'll find that more often than not, I would say, that Christian homes that have that, uh, to your, your guys's point, that show what Jesus looks like, not just from a rule standpoint. Like, you of shouldn't course. do that. You can't do that. You need to do this. You have to think this way.
2: Jesus didn't do
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> right? But in a loving way, right? Not a... And, and god bless our parents but you know and you know as a parent sometimes i do this too you know i catch myself doing this too you know maybe maybe swaying to the manipulative <laughs> aspect of it jesus would like you and were Mac mark was saying
2: jesus wouldn't do it that way <laughs> jesus is watching you right jesus-
0: no, <laughs>
1: <yikes>. <laughs>
2: what would jesus do did I do that to you, firstborn?
1: I was just about to ask AJ. Like, <laughs> AJ, can you attest to this information? Don't throw me under Are the bus. We're just gonna like edit it
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, answer truthfully.
3: Oh, like, did <laughs> did, did Allen
1: <laughs> raise you
2: right? Did I raise you? Did <laughs> he raise you in the way <laughs> he should go? Cue, cue the piano. <laughs>
0: <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Wait,
1: what was? <laughs> <laughs> was I did, did uh. Was your dad a good example of Jesus to you? Well, nah. I'm not gonna say. N- <laughs> okay, okay. No, In building resilient, no, faith I in, mean, I don't know. What's a good question? I don't want to put him on the spot. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. <laughs> uh, okay, you so you were right? you asking? Is, okay, so um, am I a good father? <laughs> I
0: think
3: I was following along, but
0: somehow gonna, Okay, so wait, wait. Did I? Did am, I, I men- wait, oh, did, am I a good
1: dad? Wait, Am I a good dad?
0: Was I was <laughs> like Jesus? This is got real. Did I show you Jesus? Uh did I how how much how much would you say mm. I manipulated you <laughs> Wow!
3: into manipulated? Yeah. Like okay. how much of it
0: how much of how much of me manipulating you <laughs> I guess This question sounds like uh negative into already. into a Christian lifestyle. Oh,
2: Make sure you speak to the mic. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> everyone, yeah, everyone nice uh, <laughs> uh, get this <laughs> let's get this on Ryan's record. Let's get this on record, please.
0: It's going to on the internet and it's not going to be taken down ever.
3: Man, I gotta think about this.
1: Oh, we put We really put him on the spot. I yeah, you
3: really did put me on the spot.
1: I'm just curious because, like, I think this is a perfect example You're of perfect example. A perfect example of like what a Christian home can do to a person, to a child. Yeah. Right. I
3: um, don't know if manipulation. It was like. I hope not. I was just trying yeah. to. Oh, yeah. You, said, you said manipulation. I, I was like, like yo, <laughs> you're setting yourself for failure now. <laughs> <I> just the way you actually asked the really like, question. Like, okay.
0: No, he has that to say how no. You it wasn't manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't. Because oh, that came out. But I'm just saying, like. That was part of it, because sometimes you you know, as you know a, what, yeah. trying to <laughs> I, I, no 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 get like, what you're <laughs> saying. like you
3: trying know what, to get you your want.
0: kids to do something because right. you're tired or whatever, mm. and you manipulate them. Right. Maybe using you know biblical spiritual, spiritual you know foundations and saying here this is my moral high ground. And and mm. to be fair, right? Parents aren't the only ones that do this. It's Christians doing this to non Christians. They take the moral Mm, high ground and say, because the Bible says this, because God says this and whatever, Mm. you're a bad person, or you need to do this, or you need to come to my church because you're unsaved, you're a heathen and a Philistine, Mm. right? So you need to get out of Babylon, come over to our our side and you can experience the wonderful love of Jesus that'll fix everything and you'll be happy forever.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Kind of Well kind you know of, It's kind of, of, kind of, of. over Because <laughs> like you don't You're not saved You know Out of By Misery choosing. Or trials That's Or true. storms In your life But sometimes You know we we, You know we try to sell it that way
1: Right That's true
3: So With some time to think about this And To go through the memories um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so scared right now I'm so excited okay, honestly <laughs> so I'm so excited,
1: excited.
3: I, like, if it, okay, coming down to manipulation, <laughs> I have no memory of it, if it, amen. there
1: was. <laughs> amen. <laughs> just, yes. Amen, amen. You heard it here first. <laughs> I mean, anything, you heard it here first. I'm afraid of manipulation. I'm sure you know, there's some there, yeah, but, he's blocked mean, it but it he blocked it out. Was, was but, he didn't know,
0: but he did it all. But he know. didn't know. That's why I did it so good.
3: <laughs> Look, but, like, you know, um, you know, if there was something that, um, was a little bit off the track you'd be honest about how you felt about it right and to me that was no manipulation at all that was just because sometimes i asked you like well how do you feel about it if you know i go and, and play like video games or all my things i like to do on on saturday and you're like well to we no. be honest no no not how it's <laughs> supposed to <be. laughs> it's sabbath you're
1: making jesus sad
3: <laughs> oh, you—you you were really you talked about, like you know how you felt about it and and whatnot. And to me, I was like, oh, you know what—that
1: makes yeah, rational, right. a rational, logical it sense. Makes
3: a rational, logical sense. And at the end of it, you let you let me choose and decide.
1: Mm. And I was like,
3: okay, all right. So it's was like, you didn't—you left me with the choice, and you weren't there to like watch me and make sure I make the right choice. You set the example for yourself that I've seen. Always, mm-hmm. and he left me with a choice at the end of the day, and I'm like, okay.
1: Wow, I'm gonna shed a tear right now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for what a father.
0: Thank you for not <laughs> throwing me under the bus <laughs> on my own part. Um, Imagine! Oh my
3: goodness! <laughs> I think.
2: Love you, son.
3: Love you too, Dad. Ah, what a I think,
2: um, <laughs> like example, as you guys were saying, right? Example is really good. It's huge. Yeah. It's. Uh, I think one thing That I see from you Alan Is that You know Through our interactions Or when You know It's through Zoom Or small group Is that Like there were times When You kinda Okay out no. <laughs> You're kinda Um I don't wanna say Lash I'm so scared right now yeah, I, I don't know say, what he's gonna say This is a stressful stressful lash, podcast out, for you. But, <laughs> lash out But Lash out Lash out But you You were kinda stern With Maddie mm. When at the end, it's like you you realize that it's like he wasn't in the wrong. And then you right away said sorry mm. to Maddie. And I think that's big. That's big for kids growing up. And that's big for people of faith. Uh, I think young people who are growing up in the church. Because we hardly see any adults or people who are, you know, "Quote unquote," more mature into faith, uh, admit that they were wrong, right? Or they need grace too. Yeah, and I think studies have proven that through one of the three things that make the young people stay is that um, is the experience of grace from adults, but Mm -hmm. also the experience of having adults. say or be honest that they too need grace and -hmm. they ask for forgiveness whenever they're wrong and they admit that whenever you know whenever they realize that they were on the wrong that they would admit they don't double down It's like hey this is what i believe no it's like (laughs) humility and i think Mm -hmm. that's a big thing and that goes back to being good examples Mm -hmm.
3: yeah Um, genuine good examples
0: yeah we talked about this morning didn't we um about you know, people giving fake answers?
3: Yes. Yeah, we what, did.
0: What have to
1: that? Fake answers? Yeah. Answers, like yeah. Like, the um,
3: like, I had some friends, you know, I was chatting about, like, you know, what are the things that, what are, like, the things that, I don't know, that, because um, I was I, I was talking about, like, their journey, their religious and spiritual journey yeah. um, through the years, and they're sure. saying, well, you know, I feel a little bit farther away from, from my walk with Christ. And I, I said, how come? It's like, all oh, these... All the, they listened me a couple of reasons, but one that stood, stood out to me that we talked about was just the support from other people in their religious denomination church mm-hmm. and group, um, they would give, you know, what might be genuine to them, some sort of support, but to them it seemed fake, shallow. Like let's say if, if they went through um, some sort of loss, sure. right they, they would just come to the person and say, "Oh, just pray about it." <laughs> right, right, right there. Right? The, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just pray about it. You'll, you know. Yeah. Cliché. 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 And Quick the way they answers. say it too, right? Yeah. Like under different contexts, that might, you know. But the way they say it, it's just not genuine. Yeah. It's pretty shallow. And to them, that was a strong like, come on, man. I don't want to. Don't want to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, to them, like for sure, for sure, yeah, right? it makes
1: so much sense. Yeah,
3: uh,
0: and I, I, I want to say that you know, grow, you know, when you're at that age and you, and you have these kind of type of encounters, especially with with somebody that is older than you in your church that you're supposed to be that's supposed to be looked up to, mm-hmm. uh, and they give trite, cliche. Answers and some of that admittedly just might be they're They're not that great at, at communicating. Sure. Right. Yes. Yeah. Some yeah that makes sense. But I would also harbor to say that there, there might, there's a good portion where those encounters were just, I don't know how to answer this. I don't, I don't want, you know, it's a bother of my time. I, I, I've got other things to do. So let me just give you an answer. And hopefully that gets you off my back mm-hmm. type of deal. <laughs> and, and you, you know, you know little kids um aren't dumb they pick that up mm-hmm. yeah. teenagers are also equally adept at picking things up maybe even more so when you're insincere or when they feel that you're trying to just get rid of them right and so there might be some people that respond well to to well thought out and well meaning and mm-hmm. and and answers that that try to help them the honesty of not, you know, of also needing grace. Sometimes they screw up. Some people, some, some young, young folk will respond to that. I would hire to say that a lot of them, however, don't doesn't necessarily respond to that to a great degree, but if you do it the other way, if you are fake, if you are somebody that just tries to brush off, you know, brush aside by some, you know, pat answer. Mm-hmm. That's a whole lot more destructive. Like you you know, right. you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's just yeah. if mm-hmm. if you are if you are genuine genuine in 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 caring for somebody that's great, but um the effect is so much greater when you don't in a negative way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Ah,
1: that's
2: so hard, man.
1: Yo, man, I was, I was just going to say just like 20 something year olds we can see past the BS.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: We can see past the BS and I think that's the thing that 20 something year olds yeah, we're like as you're saying, like AJ about like your friend, like all the all they desire is something genuine, yeah, right. Yeah. And like what I guess, like I want to say, these Christians, probably habitual Christians, like I, I <laughs> wanna,
3: no seriously,
1: because right, right. like they want to be genuine, Yes, yeah. yeah. right? Yeah. right. These H's, right. seriously, because like <laughs> to me within the framework of uh, if you like. If you have this resilient faith, if you have this great and loving relationship with God, in my head, I'm like, why, why would you not desire? Why would you not have, have feel any empathy uh, towards someone who is like something in, the, in their journey? Like, like instead of like versus like you know the fake answer, fake answer.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I think twenty something just desire something that's genuine, and I think as I just think there's not enough. I don't know what I'm saying, guys. <laughs> okay, all I'm saying is habitual. Christ, there's too many habitual Christians that people are inter- inter- interacting with. Again, it's bringing more habitual Christianity, and that's like just turning twenty something years old off. you twenty something years old off because it's just not genuine. Yeah, I mean, well, it's
0: it's hard uh, to, and I, I guess I, we should. I, I guess we should say that there are some habitual Christians that are habitual because they haven't gone past you know in their journey yet yes right? they haven't gone there yet mm-hmm. but I think what you're talking about is by choice habitual Christians like they right. can't be bothered to go deeper in a relationship by with choice God that, maybe. by maybe I'm just right. so
1: cynical though. so no but I get that I get that <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah yeah really, I get that it really grinds my gears because <laughs> when you're saying that story AJ I was like wow that really grinds my <laughs> yeah. gears I think I think also it's just where,
2: like as human beings We are kind of um, resistant to uncomfortability. Yeah, Mm. and being sitting in someone's uh, being empathetic and sitting in someone's misery or suffering is kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure. Even Mm -hmm. even saying that you don't know what they're going through is kind of uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, or admitting that. So it's just, but it's much better. That you say you don't know what you're they're going through mm. and then be there for them, yeah. yeah, um like I don't know like I don't know how deep you're hurting, but I'll just sit here with you or yeah. like I don't know the words that I should say right now, but I'll sit with you right now let's yeah. let's have dinner yeah, let's, to all your let's to all your points
3: right um and this is just not just one friend, this is something I picked up um across the board of of Friends that are similarly heading that same direction—that um, was, so, was something common they had with each other—and and I would ask pretty much all of them, um, "Why do you think they they say that?"
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just
3: to just to see their perspective of
1: for sure, right? Yeah, yeah,
3: And they would say, "Well, they actually think that sometimes they mean they mean it, but uh, to them it's still it's shallow." Yeah, and really if it was only genuine and even just an honest of saying you know i don't know what what it's like to go through that and this um it goes a long way and to them hearing the other way just saying something shallow to Mm -hmm. them it was like just a culture some habitual like
1: yeah 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 just like oh as a christian this is what you should say
3: yeah and then to the uh, and hearing them and they were telling me that they're like i don't get the point sure So, true,
0: and I feel that, you know, um, as somebody that's on, that has been on both sides, (laughs) right? Um, there are times where, you know, you, you, as a person that is trying to give an answer or trying to give a response to it, to a difficult situation or a situation that doesn't, you know, um, doesn't have necessarily a good ending anywhere you see it, um, one of the things that you think of is, is that, Hey, just don't make Jesus look bad. Just don't make God look bad. And so come up with an answer Mm. with anything. And so it's, you know, sometimes it's natural just to fall onto the things that the, the taglines that, you know, right. Just pray. Yeah. I could see that. Um, and so I, I want to say there, there are some, well-meaning Christians, like as we're saying, that maybe they haven't thought exactly through what they're supposed to say in difficult situations. I do want to say that there are some there are some Christians <laughs> that aren't Christians, and you know they they do just give the answers because they don't care about you and they just want to get you off their back. Those are the ones that 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 are infuri- infuri- infuriating. Wow, Infuriate.
1: infuriating, infuriating,
0: right? Uh, and then there's others that just. I just don't want to make it look like the gospel doesn't have an effect. So, you know, uh, we're taught that when you, when you follow Christ, that things become clearer, that answers are more abundant. And when you don't have it, when you don't have answers, sometimes you feel it's an indictment on you mm. that you're not a good Christian Because I don't have an answer So I'll just say Just about anything And I don't want to make it look bad So I'll stick with The cliches Because that's what I know I'm just trying to get it From the other side So I understand understand
3: (laughs) that Right I I get the reason The reasoning there
0: But yeah Like there Uh. Like I want to say That there are some Yeah There are some habitual Christians That are That are cultural Christians By choice And that's it Mm.
3: Hmm
1: And this is how you prevent people from coming. But this whole thing we just talked about, that's how we prevent people <laughs> yeah. from becoming habitual or well, even becoming that, nomads, becoming nomads, becoming you prodigals. Lose that's how that, people. Yeah. That's how you lose people.
0: That's how you lose people. And that's how you lose people. Yeah, because at that point, for somebody so that's- do that. yeah, that, do So that. don't do that. Yeah, do for somebody that's looking for answers don't do that, 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 that- Don't be a prodigal. You know, don't be a prodigal. For <laughs> somebody that's, that's in the process of maybe de- deconstructing their own faith. To see if something works for them If they see it They're not It's not working in your life And that you're just giving pat answers And all you're just And all I see is just sheep Right Somebody that's just following Because you're You're not smart enough to do You know You're suckered into You know Whatever con That's there I don't want to be part of that Of course Yeah That You know And I feel that's That's Kind of the The reputation Amongst Especially Amongst uh, Ex-Christian Turned atheist, turned agnostic. It's interesting that in this study, like the lowest number that I see on here, at an 8% is prodigals or ex-Christians that says only 8% says Jesus has deeply transformed my life. Mm. So if they can't see it in other people... Mm. Right, as your first encounter of whether this thing is going to work for me, there's a good chance you're going. They're going to go the other way that if it's not. Sense. If it doesn't. If they can't. If they don't have any evidence of is Jesus going to work in my life, mm. right? Because a, a lot of times that's what we refer refer back to when we're in a fight or flight. When we're in our troubles. When we're in survival mode, we need that lifeline. We need something that that can help us get through. And if you can't if Jesus isn't working for you, all you're doing is just telling me the taglines and the commercials and whatever it is mm-hmm. that you've heard throughout whatever and it's not actually doing anything. All you're doing is just blindly following. Mm. What good is that for me? Mm. And I and it's and it's it's sad and it's hard because the gospel goes farther than that. Mm. Right. But the reality is that when we're in the midst of our struggle, we can't see past our pain. We can't see heaven. Right. A lot of times we can't see past, you know, um, uh, our our own emergencies. You know, what good is heaven if we're in crisis right now?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. What good is that? You know, when I'm when I'm gone and dead, you know, 50, 60, you would hope years from now. Mm. I need help now.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah, that's funny you say that because I think last year I was, or two years ago, I was reading, what's it called? Love Wins by Rob Bell. Heretic. I'm joking, <laughs> I'm
1: joking, joking, joking. That's a big oh, joke. Man. That is the biggest joke oh, of all time. Hey no, gosh, seriously, it's I'm fine, it's fine, you. it's okay. But, oh, I was reading
2: Love Wins no one's by canceled Rob here. Bell, <laughs> no one's canceled here. and he says something that Ships, really Ships, struck Ships, me and stood out to me. It's just... People you know, Christians are so considered or are so concerned with hell in the future that they ignore the hells that are happening right now. Mm. Mm. Which is suffering in other people and hunger or famine in sure. other countries. And yeah, it's just like what you were saying is that you know, people can't see the pain that other people are going through, right? And they don't wanna see that and that's why they're not empathetic. Mm. to others mm. right.
0: oh, yeah. and that goes back to the parable of the soil where you know maybe the roots in their faith hasn't gone deep enough and when you know they find adversity in their life it's not deep enough to hold it
1: know, yeah. their faith together yeah. mm-hmm. I I think the huge thing that we can as like I don't want to label us as resilient faith people it sounds so elitist <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> not me no, my we're son. prodigals my prodigals. yeah <laughs> yeah
1: I think a way to combat this is like you got what you guys were talking about before the father and son duo as parents as leaders is that we can help these people in critically thinking and interacting with their fa- with their faith interacting with Jesus interacting with the gospel and making them think and giving them the decision right like you are saying like you your dad gave you the facts what he thought mm-hmm and his rationale and then he made you think about it mm-hmm. and you got to make a decision yeah and i think that's that was huge i think that was huge for me like growing up as a as a as a um, as a young christian man i guess whatever like again like i hated the bs answers i hated the clichés like i wanted to interact like i wanted to interact with my faith i wanted to interact with the gospel and how did that actually interact with my day-to-day life? How did that interact with my relationships? How did it interact with my work? How did it interact with like literally everything? Mm -hmm. And it does. Mm -hmm. And versus like, oh, this happens in my life. As a Christian, we should do this. This happens, we should do this. Algorithmic Christianity. Algorithmic Christianity. Christianity. I think that's a way we can put it. Like, that's what habitual Christianity looks like. It's algorithmic. algorithmic. This happens, do do this, do this. Versus, I think people with resilient faith um, Who have a strong relationship with, 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 uh, with God is like we, that we were given the opportunity. People are challenging us. People are pushing us to be like, hey, this is happening. So what's up with that?
0: It is. And, you know, let's give ourselves also a little bit of slack because it does, I mean, it really boils down to what you as an individual decides.
1: Exactly. That's huge. That's right.
0: huge. Right. Um, so while you, but having said that, while you can not, you know choose for them you can definitely stand in the way yeah for sure right and that's what i think that that irks a lot of us that has had you know um negative encounters with church folk Mm -hmm. right and all those that are out there that have left the church or disillusioned with the church uh i would harbor to say that a, a good portion maybe the maybe most of them right um Has has church people gotten in the way of seeing what Jesus was really like because of the way that they the encounter had gone? And maybe Mm -hmm. it was just uh, a crude mistake. Maybe it was just you know the the habitual Christian that that is only by name that is only by name only, Mm -hmm. right? And you know the worst the worst experience is like, or the worst situation is like a power hungry elder. That you're just in their way and, you know, somehow they're, they're moving to get you out because, you know, you're challenging their authority or they're challenging the, the gospel and therefore, you know, you by, by whatever. Right. Um, and we wish that weren't the case, but that happens, right? That's a reality, not in our own, not only in our own denomination, that happens just about everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, um, like I said, we we can't help make people make that choice. That's that's between them, the Holy Spirit, and God. Mm-hmm. We can stand in somebody's way, though. Yeah, habitual Christians can stand in the way, right? If you if it's just about rules and not about grace, yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And there has to be. And there has to be a balance. No, oh, yeah, for right. Sure. There has to be a balance, you know. You can't just, you know, on the one hand, it can't just be, "Hey, just do whatever you want. God loves you," that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I I feel that that's probably the more of the message that we need today. But let's not forget that there's also that the God, our God, is a God of justice. Yeah. He's also a God of rules because rules help us to get along with one another.
2: Going back to good theology. Good job. Good job. job. To to your point. Good job. Ah, It all comes back. It all comes back. Yeah. I think, um, going back to the research that was shown and the conclusion that they said is that the data indicates that, you know, one of the things that we need to do is to help these young people with their conversations with God. Right. Mm. Um, and help these young people realize that God wants to speak to them. Um, mm-hmm. That's what the author of this research or, or the book that this research came from um, says is that God, like we need to tell them, that God, God wants to speak to you and God has something unique to say to you in whatever circumstances you find yourself in. Um, you also need to talk to Him, give Him what know tell him what the concerns of your heart um, are and yeah and this is a theme that you know was coming out of all the studies that they've had or or, or that they did Um, and then he concludes is that we must as leaders help this generation um, hear and respond to the voice of Jesus in their lives Um, And also like quoting from the author, he said, let's commit ourselves to helping young people develop a theology, theology, and a practice of hearing from, (laughs) listening to, and talking with God. So like one of the biggest things that we can do is just encourage and teach them the foundational um, truth and the importance of having conversations with God. Hmm. Yeah um, yeah, And that's I think like That's how they can Experience God the most
0: Yeah Have it make sense Right yeah. That's where the theology Comes in right Yeah Have yeah. it make sense Especially since You know There's The kingdom of God Is a kingdom of unseen Right you, you, The How it interacts With this world Isn't always seen So that's where The theology is But also You know Here I think that it's a really Important uh, to help you know, our young people, our new you know, our new Christians, hear and recognize what Jesus' voice sounds like, right? Mm. Because that's you know that a lot of times that'll that'll help them through. That that has helped me through, mm. um, you know, uh, when times were tough. You know, when I didn't understand the answers and I didn't understand why things were going the way that that it was, and sometimes I couldn't hear what Jesus' um, voice in the situation, I would search for it because that's what I would do before. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right? And, you know, just speaking for myself, that has helped me through. But, you know, having somebody recognize, as it says in John 10, my sheep know my voice. Well, we need to know what that voice is, mm.
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? So that when, when in good times and bad, we can know, we can hear that voice that says, "This is the way. Go ye there." Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. And also to to recognize those points of faith, right, where God has worked in their life, mm-hmm. from the big things to the small things, because those are the things that you hang your faith on sometimes. When there's nothing else you go by history. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that because you know whether it's whether it's a relationship with child and 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 parent, friend with friend, leader and you know those that follow, mentors, yeah. Mentors trust. Trust is based on opportunity and experience. Mm-hmm. right what you trust somebody because they've done this thing in the past and so we predict that they will do that in the future so when you're in trouble your best a lot of times your best bet is to look in your past to see how God has moved back there back then and then hang on to that to say God has moved, has moved then I'm sure he will move now so let me stick with this until I find myself on the other side.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm.
1: Preach
2: Preach Preach Yeah Ditto thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just Ditto. want to say something else um, I think that's when you can begin To let um, Young people Or um, Those who, who are younger In the faith that's when you can say, look, I've like we've taught you as much as we can. We've discipled you and we've equipped you to hear God's voice and to differentiate between God and the enemy. And this is and this I can let you then decide for yourself. You know, like, you know, when young people are like, oh, yeah, like, should I do this or do do that? Um, we can say you decide because we've we've put in like we've imprinted in you like the the knowledge of how to go- talk to god yeah so um we we will give you that freedom we won't rule you with an iron <laughs> fist yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was
1: gonna i was gonna say like oh i just tell him what would jesus do but it's not what would jesus do <laughs> It's like, yeah, you what he's talking about. It's about like, hey, like, you know Jesus. You have a relationship with him. What is he telling you to do?
3: Mm-hmm. I
0: think also to take that one step further, when, when they don't make the right decision mm. and they go away from it and there's a mess on their hands, will you be there to help them um clean up mm-hmm.
2: oh, that's think, huge that
0: yeah is that is huge. huge that's a that's a good you huge. know that that alone can can hinge somebody yeah whether to yeah. Christ yeah. or not
2: that goes back to example right mm. and yeah. experience of grace from the older generation or the more mature right. people in faith
0: right and that's and it's <laughs> it's easy to say obviously but when you've got <laughs> your when you've got your own problems when you've got your own family to to look after when you've got your own responsibilities in the church and then having to you know have somebody that you mentor or that you disciple or you know that you've taken them under your wing to help them when they haven't made the right choice and there's a huge mess on their hands
2: oof yeah that's hard you know yeah. uh
0: it's not easy to make the decision to to stay with them and expend that energy, the not only the physical but the mental energy to just yeah. help somebody and not say "I told you so." Mm, true, right? Or the Bible, or the Bible so. tells you, yes. <laughs> "Jesus found you." Yeah. Right? <laughs> you should hear him, right? Just, that's that's the grace aspect of it, right? But it's mm-hmm. you know it's not mm-hmm. an easy it's not an easy thing to do. Right. Uh, right we, we, right. we, we, we look badly upon the Levite and the other dude that, that passes by the Samaritan. No, the, the, oh, the dude that was robbed. Beaten up. That yeah. was beaten right, up. Right, right. Robbed,
1: yeah.
0: Right. Uh, Priest. But when we're in that situation and we've got somewhere to go and we've got responsibilities mm-hmm. to have, and there are other people that are riding on our actions and our responsible Nature, can we juggle? Do we have enough strength? Do we have enough courage to help somebody when, especially if they didn't listen to you hmm. and they didn't listen to common sense and they did and they should know better, but they didn't, right? For whatever reason, whether it was their own deceitful heart that made them, you know, that did that that way, they got, you know, uh, Satan got in their ear and made them go one way and you and you told them and other people have told them and they didn't listen to you. Can you be strong enough? And can you be courageous enough? And can you juggle enough to help them clean up the mess that they find themselves in? Right. Mm. (laughs) That's not an easy thing. I wish it was, but that's a part of your own growth of our own growth. Right? And when we say no, when I say no, you know, I'm, I'm denying myself as a Christ follower, how to be like Christ, to take that next step to be like Christ, mm-hmm. right? And so in a way you're kind, of, you're kind of putting two people, you know, in the ditch,
2: mm. them and yourself. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Right.
0: But it's, like I said, it's it's hard, right? Oh, but it's so it's bad. hard. But that's that's the call that we've got. Mm-hmm. That's the call to love your brother. Mm-hmm. To bear one another's burdens. That's the one. Right? And Going back to our original, you know, kind of topic, I feel that a lot of people go away because they don't see that they hear it. Yeah, they hear, they hear it.
2: it. They don't feel it. They don't, don't feel, feel it. They don't
0: feel. Right. Yeah. And how 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 easily how you know how quickly they get thrown away mm. because they didn't how you know they didn't follow the Bible, they didn't follow. The Holy Spirit. They didn't follow Jesus. They didn't follow the teachings that we've been telling them all throughout, you know, whatever. And yeah, are you, are we, are we surprised then that, you know, people leave the church at alarming rates? Are we surprised then that only 10% Mm -hmm. of our 20-somethings have, you know, kind of like that, that fervent, resilient Resilient faith, faith. Hmm. right? those tend to be like, it is almost like those guys are the self starters. Those girls are the self starters that, that spontaneously like kind of, you know, have their own relationship with Christ because, you know, they've, they've gone that way, mm-hmm. but it, mm-hmm. it almost not because of us, but in spite of us. In spite. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And I think that's, you know, part of God's grace. And like 10% is a gift from God. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh, that's kind of interesting 10% <laughs> <laughs> tithe? are we are we going to oh, like tithe? oh man <laughs> this is just God keeping <laughs> God keeping a tenth for himself
1: stop ooh, so ooh, bad ooh, ooh, ooh.
2: like despite spite of the church I don't know I don't know if <laughs> you want to go there I feel, Spice, it, I feel you I feel you in spite of the church not doing his job mm. God has kept for himself 10% to do the work <laughs> uh, I don't know not bad I don't,
3: I don't that's that's, uh, that's interesting. Wow. that Boom. might be something that might be something can you
2: imagine mm-hmm. anyways yeah. um <laughs> we've beaten this to <laughs> uh yeah to just conclude this I guess like wh- wherever you're listening from um we and we Whichever spectrum that you land on, whether you're a prodigal or a nomad, or, um, or a HC habitual oh Christian, H-C. church churchgoer, or you know someone who has a resilient faith, or you're a resilient disciple, mm-hmm. um, we hope wherever you are, you just take the time to listen to us to to tell you that God loves you, and um, He want there's nothing more that He that he wants then to have a relationship with you and no matter what you've experienced from the church and no matter what you've experienced from other people um and no matter how ma- maybe you've been hurt uh, maybe you've just you feel like you're alone in the church and trying to move the church along or uh, maybe you're outside of you've been outside of the church for a real long time um yeah just take the time to know and to realize that one um, there are people praying for you and there are people that are rooting for you and most of all God is trying to call you back and uh, because he loves you and Mm um yeah to just give him the chance to you know prove himself to you and how much he loves you so um we hope that you know we call ourselves the Prodigals, but we're not really outside the church. <laughs> uh, that's just our label for ourselves, but mm-hmm. um we hope that you know we have you know spoken truth and spoken love and life into your life right now, and we hope that you know one day that we'll all be together um, in one big family and mm-hmm. uh, up in heaven so um yeah. Just know that God loves you and that we love you and we hope that God shows himself to you and speaks to you Mm. in a real and um, big way in whatever you're going through right now. So we hope that you have a good day and that brings us to the end of the episode. Well, folks, that's all we have for you this week. We hope that you were blessed by our discussion. Let us know what you think. Send us a shout out on our socials at the handle at The Prodigals Project on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you've been hearing, please like and subscribe. Also, leave a rating and review. It'll go
0: a long way in helping us out.
1: Stay blessed and stay faithful. And join us again next week for another episode of The Prodigals Podcast.